Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Boy, it's great to be back with you folks today. Here we are on the 156 podcast. We're still in the book of Job. And good morning, Stephanie. How are you? Good morning, Doug. I am rejoicing in the Lord. You know, that's a great place to be. She's been rejoicing for a long time now. And I'm thankful for that. <laughs> I think three out of the five podcasts, the last podcast, she's rejoicing. And whenever I hear her say she's rejoicing, I'm excited. But here we are. We're, we're coming up on Job 22. And you know, the trials have made a lot of good things in life happen. I was just thinking about that. Uh, we got done praying. I was getting ready to go ahead and start today's podcast. And what came to my mind is, you know, trials and error make things happen. I mean, we got x-rays, mm-hmm. we got MRIs. We, we have all these things we didn't have before. I remember years ago when I was in human biology or something like that, and uh, in college, they, they showed a, a skeleton from the 1800s before x-rays, and this woman had three broken ribs that healed wrong. They actually made like a V in her rib cage. But people didn't know. Wow. Uh, you know, she just knew she was in a ton of pain. She lived to 98 years old with no osteoporosis. Wow. People had a much better diet back in that day. And uh, people lived a life and, and, and it was going on. And, and, and see, Job, so we're still in that part, Stephanie, as we move along, that Job's friends are still convinced uh, that Job has a sin disorder. This is all about Job's heart. This is all about Job's problem. This is not about anything else but Job. Uh, this is an old Eliphaz is going to get personal here in a minute. And I don't like Eliphaz. But anyway, uh, we're going to read about Eliphaz, who's from that town that's Temanite, that's named after wisdom, right? Isn't he that guy? And so join yeah, with me, if yeah. you would, to uh, chapter 22 of the book of Job. I'm turning real quick here in my Bible. Here we go. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, Can a man be profitable unto God, as that is wise may be profitable unto himself? Is it any pleasure to the Almighty, and thou art righteous, or is it gain to him that thou makest thy ways perfect? Will he reprove thee for fear of thee? Will he enter into judgment? Is not thy wickedness great and thine inequities infinite? For thou hast taken a pledge from the brother of naught and stripped the naked of their clothing. Thou hast not given water to the weary to drink, and thou hast withholden bread from the hungry. But as far as the mighty man, he had the earth and the honorable men dwell in it. Thou hast sent widows away empty, and the arms of thy fatherness have been broken. Therefore snares are round about thee, and sudden fear troubleth thee. O darkness that thou canst not see, and the abundance of water cover thee. Is not God in the height of heaven? And behold the height of stars, how high are, how high they are. And thou sayest, how doth God know? Can he judge through the dark cloud? Thick clouds are a covering to him, and he seeth not, and he walketh in the circuit of heaven. Hast thou marked the old way with wicked men thou trodden, which were cut down of time, whose foundation was overflowed with a flood, which said unto God, Depart from us, and they can the Almighty for them. Yet he filled their houses with good things, but the counsel of the wicked is far from me. The righteous see it and are glad. The innocent laugh and be scorned. 
whereas our substance is not cut down, but the remnant of them the fire consumeth. Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace therefore. Shall, uh, good shall come unto thee. Receive, I pray thee, the Lord from his mouth, and lay up the words in thine heart. If thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt be put away in equity far from the tabernacles. Thou shalt thou lay up gold as dust, and gold of Ophir as the stones of brooks. Yea, the Almighty shall thy defense, and they shall have plenty of silver. For then shall they have the delight of the Almighty, shall lift up thy face unto God. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall fear them, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto them, and light shall shine upon their ways. When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, There is lifted up, and he shall serve the humble person. He shall deliver the island of the innocent, and it shall be delivered by the pureness of thy hands. Wow. I think Eliphaz is coming right out. And he's slamming away. He's not maybe as bad as he was last time. But once again, the accusations are still there. Like we said before reading this, that Job's friends seem to think that everything is Job's fault because of sin. I mean, they seem to be inching away at this, at, you know, that punching that bruise on Job's ob over and over again. They're making it Job's fault over and over again. Uh, they're, they're banging away. They're bulldozing this idea on them. They're pushing away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Eliphaz, you know, he just plunges right in, uh, right in the beginning. And he, you know, he's telling them what they should do with God. He's telling Job what, how his relationship would be God. And he gets better how he should uh, let go of the painful things of trying to hurt other people, of turning away widows. And can you imagine these things he's saying about him? He's just constantly one after another doing these things. And I mean, what are you seeing out of this, Stephanie? Well, it's, it's a little bit, um, it makes me kind of like raise my eyebrows when you start into this chapter because um, he he makes accusations here of Job that are very serious. Yeah. Um, he pretty much makes Job out to be a narcissistic, jerky, non-compassionate, evil, um, hateful person. Um, and the description he gives of taking a pledge of thy brother for naught, stripped the naked of their clothing, refusing to give water to the weary, um, refusing to feed the hungry, um, sending widows away empty, breaking the, the arms of the fatherless. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, when I think of someone like that, I think of someone who is a, a Hitler kind of person, someone who literally despises other people and is like a monster. And that is the description Eliphaz gives him because he ends it with, therefore snares are round about thee and sudden fear troubleth thee. Yeah. And I mean, so we've, we've gone from accusing Job of sin and pride and all these things, but now we're describing him as a non, almost as an, an inhumane monster. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa, Eliphaz, what are you after here? Um, and it honestly makes me wonder about Eliphaz. Yeah. Because when, when someone throws detailed, and I've, I've experienced this, and that's why it raises the question in my head. Yeah. When someone throws, when a narcissist throws detailed 
adjectives and phrases like this at someone who is innocent, but they have details, this detail of stuff, I'm standing back going, what's going on in their lives, that this is all on their heads, that this is even concepts, that these concepts are even in their heads. And um, we know Eliphaz is narcissistic, and it, and he obviously has no compassion in his body, or he would have never started this whole, he wouldn't have started round one. Now we're starting round three. And it just really honestly makes me question Eliphaz and what his life was like, his personal life, that, yeah. that he would make these accusations of Job. And we know this is not who Job was, or God would not have called him a perfect, just, and upright man in all of his ways. So where did these accusations come from? Why were these concepts, these detailed ways of being inhumane, even things that that were on Eliphaz's mind that could even come out of his mouth? Yeah, and, and Eliphaz, you know, he first of all, he just slams away trying to be eloquent. You know, I always, something you said, Stephanie, that stuck with me a minute ago. You know, people who are total knuckleheads, uh, in, in recent years, I always go back to what happened to them. Why are they damaged? Why are they that way? They don't even know they're that way. You know, they're just mm-hmm. uh, they're just caught up in their hypocrisy. They're caught up in their egocentricity. And uh, but you know, Eliphaz, I broke down a couple things in my uh, in my book here in my Bible. And you know, from verses twelve to twenty, uh, Eliphaz is attacking Job's thoughts and things he said, and he's attacking it. He's a you know his his mm-hmm. image. He's he's pointing upward. He's skyward. He's He's going, you know, he has probably, in my mind, taken some kind of notes. Uh, I mean, these guys are looking to blast Job. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, they're just, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're remembering every little detail. And you said that a few minutes ago. Uh, you made the comment that, you know, when people uh, keep up with you and take notes and go through those types of things, you, you know something's up. You know something's wrong. Yeah. When people go out of their way to ruin your life, you know something's mm-hmm. wrong. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million ways you can look at that, but that's, you know, that's a lesson for us, folks. And, you know, people are damaged out there, and don't let them damage you. And then he starts talking about Job's need or needs, starting in 21. And, uh, you know, with all his faults, he's talking about Job's needs. And uh, mm-hmm. he's calling Job to reconcile with God. Uh, I mean, he goes all the way to the end of the chapter, calling on Job to do things, calling on Job to get right, calling on Job, and, and he thinks what he's doing is right. It's some, you know, I've met people, so I've been in people's offices, and and nothing against them, pastors, missionaries, whatever the case may be, and they immediately will diagnose something that's on the other side of them as being the other person's fault and wrong, and they never move that opinion. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They want, even yeah. when they go to sit down with it, and God help us when we have that kind of heart, Stephanie. You know, God help yeah. us uh, when we reach that point where, um, you know, we just randomly think of something because we're more spiritual or more godly when the truth is we're more arrogant. The truth is yeah. we're, we're, we're more in the wrong place. The truth is, you know, we're making some mistakes here. And, and old Eliphaz, Zophar, uh, and Bildad, you know, the truth is they're the knuckleheads. And uh, they're the knuckleheads. They're the ones making this happen. And, and I, think, I think we have 
we have an understanding, a practical side of what's going on here again. And there is a practical lesson that we come away with is people who make up their mind ahead of time without facts, without being biblical, uh, they usually they're usually the same kind of people who won't change. I mean, do you think yeah. that, Stephanie? I mean. Yeah, I think once when you're dealing with someone who has reached that point in their mind that they know the truth and no one else is going to be right. And, and people like that also, as Eliphaz here, they will come across as the older, wiser patriarchs very often. And they are so stuck on, and I'm not downplaying the role of authority or older, you know, Titus talks about the older men teaching younger men and older women teaching younger women. But when we, when older men or older women in a church or in a family feel like their word is law and their word is inspired because they're the patriarch or they're the mother. Whoa. Let's take a step back because at the foot of the cross, even though, yes, I am my children's parent, I am their authority figure. I am all those things. I am no better than my kids. Yeah. And when God looks at me and looks at my kids, he sees all of our hearts and it is quite possible for a child's heart to be more or a younger person's heart um, in a church or whatever to be more in tune with God than an older person. And I think Eliphaz here, because he bragged in his, in, in, you know, when he started round two, he threw at Job how he comes from this line of wise men yeah. and they know the truth and they have everything right. And he, that's his mindset is that Job, I'm the one here who knows stuff and I have God's word on this and you just need to listen to what I'm saying and do what I say. And um, I think it's very important to remember when we work with someone, Micah 6, 8 is a verse that um, God constantly actually have, have it in my room um, on my wall, but he has shown the old man what is good and what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. And those three have to be intertwined, whether we're working with, with people in our church, whether we're working with our children. And, you know, if a younger person is listening here, you walk with God, you do justly, you love mercy, you walk humbly with your God, you can have wisdom that far surpasses an older person, not because of you, but because of the God who lives in you. And that's what Eliphaz has missed, is that he's not a wise man, quote unquote, because of who he is. If he had been a wise man, it would have been because he was in tune with God. He was not in tune with God. And did Job mess up? Did Job say everything right in this book? No. But Job feared God. He did. He was upright, and he was seeking to be a wise and man. He and he abhorred evil. He shoot evil. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And the fact, the fact that Eliphaz throws evil at him, he literally accuses him here of being an inhumane monster. Yeah. That he would do these things to people. We know he didn't do those things because he hated evil. And so we're talking here man's wisdom, man's perspective, and man's wisdom versus what God's wisdom looks like. And I think that's the contrast that I see 
when I look at Eliphaz and Job is a, as a man's wisdom and pride versus walking humbly in God's wisdom. Yeah. Being a seen. Well, and I, I, you know, I think again, uh, we're hoovering in this place where we need to hoover, where God is bringing us to this practical place where uh, we need to be people of knowledge of God's wisdom. We need to be people who look at an entire situation. But most importantly, you know, wisdom comes from the Bible, Stephanie. And yes. if we're Christians, yep. we can't be Sunday morning Christians. Uh, yeah. We need to we need to be all in. So I, I as as a way of full disclosure, I, I told you guys a few days ago that Stephanie and I were on this. Uh, where we have a health coach. She has a health coach. I have a health coach and I live with a health coach. My wife has been 99 pounds since the day I married her decades ago. And But anyway, we, we've I made the comment to my health coach and to Stephanie earlier on. Stephanie followed me a week or two after I started. And uh, I made the comment, I'm going to be all in. You know, if I'm going to lose weight, I can't do it halfway. I, I want to be able to lose the weight. I want to be able to transition to a place where I maintain the level of weight I got to. Well, Christianity is like that too. I want to be a Christian, but I want to be more than a Sunday morning, what my pastor gives to me, Christian. I want to be all in. I want to be doing my daily in the word that, uh, and I've, I've given you guys that hint before. If you want a daily Bible study, email to your address. Just type in daily in the word. You'll get all your Bible reading for that day preceded by a devotion. Uh, usually a verse from the reading, uh, a devotion right there. You read through it. It helps me. It challenges me. It strengthens me. As a Christian, I need to be strengthened so that when I'm sitting in front of Job, when I'm sitting there and uh, I'm talking to him, that I can be godly that I can hold his hand and say, oh, no, brother, some of these trials is to make us better. Sometimes these trials, and sometimes, Stephanie, trials lead to passing to the other side. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we pass from death unto life. There's no other religion. There's no other thought. There's no other philosophical belief. There's no other thing that allows you to pass from death to life. And God gives us that. And uh, and I think we have that. And, you know, uh 2020 AD. Uh, I think we know what the Bible says and, and we need to have the wisdom from the Bible. So I know that's a long way around the block to say this. When we sit down with somebody, we need to have the wisdom of God with us. The wisdom of God comes from reading the Bible. The wisdom of God comes from communing with God, praying to God, loving to God, talking to God. Uh, talking to God. Uh, that's where the wisdom of God comes from, singing about God. Uh, it's being all in, and uh, it's being all in. So when you sit down, now, one thing I'm going to let you in, we let you in on these little secrets about Stephanie and me once in a while, much more about Stephanie because she's an easier target. The reason I call her Joe Bleen. But uh, Stephanie, I mean, you're in the, you're in a trial of your life. You, you find out you have multiple tumors on your liver. And people are lining up at your house. I mean, I went through there. Debbie was through there a week. And uh, we were back with you. Debbie and Rhonda, uh, your dear friend Rhonda, uh, went up to uh, the cancer treatment center with you. And how did people treat you when they thought that uh, it was lights out for you? They really treated me like, um, you know, most we had a lot of compassionate people around. And yeah. um I honestly cannot complain. When I read the book of Job, I'm like, wow, I was so blessed. Um, there was a lot of people that poured 
into to my kids into me and that showered us with the love of Christ. And I think more where I started dealing with the judgment was later on. And um, it's ironic, the places that the judgment came from. Yeah. And um, I think that's where um, I can feel Job's pain in the sense of it came and has come in it come even this year from places that you're like, really? Um, but when God has allowed those accusations to fly, when God has allowed things, you know, relationships or situations to be hurt or um, damaged because of those accusations, I go back to the God who I know holds my record and my witness in heaven and um, when I look at Job, there's key verses in the book of Job that are there as nuggets of truth, nuggets of promise, nuggets of hope. And um, that's where the Lord constantly brings me back to is, Stephanie, who are you looking to for your acceptance? Who are you looking to for your satisfaction? And are people going to continue to hurt you? Yes. Are, continue, are certain people going to continue to be idiots? Yes, and I can't change that. No. But all I can do is keep that focus of God knows who I am. But he one one follow-up on that is the, the people who had compassion, who held your hand, who didn't judge you, yes. who pointed you in the right direction, you remember everything, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember, you, you create a bond with the people who are there for you when you're in trouble. Yeah. And you create... Um, a complete, um, what's that magnetic pull, but in reverse, um, there's a magnetic pull towards someone who, who helped you, who was there for you, who helped pick you up, who demonstrated the love of Christ and the people that attack you when you're down, the people who months later still see a necessity to attack you or make accusations or, to make statements that are just completely off the wall. They are pushing you away. They are doing the opposite magnetic um, thing of pushing you away. And so you have to come back to my, my identity is in Christ and get away from those people. Don't have people in your life who are going to cause you to be confused and discourage you and get your eyes off the Lord because he is our hope and he is our rock. Amen. And he is the one in whom we find our hope. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that's all great. And uh, you know what, folks? We we are so honored to be able to come into your earways and share scripture with you and talk about the book of Job. And, and uh, uh, what, a, what a lesson today, I think, is as we go on is... That you know, we we need to we need to come out of this. I said a couple days ago, we need to come out of this so far understanding a couple practical things. We need to be kind with people who are hurt in the midst of trials, and when we're in the midst of trials, we need to know that God is our answer. Well, hey folks, it's great seeing you. Stop by and see us on Helpful Wounded Spirits. Drop us a line on our personal pages. Hey, take a minute right here. I want to share something real special with you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're 
all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is pray to God, believe it in our heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks? He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.